if you think that you have clients all over the place, you need to meet them where they are. Meaning that if they have, they listen to podcasts, you better have one. If they read books, you better have one and so forth and so on. Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Dr. Barrett Matthews. We met at the recent PodFest Expo, and he has a really interesting background and an equally interesting business and business model that I thought would really be interesting to explore, particularly for the compliance professional and the corporate executive. So, Barrett, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, it's my pleasure, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate you having me. So, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Because it is quite varied. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. My background is in media. I started in college actually doing media. I, I was a mass media major in uh, Hampton University, and I started with just radio. I started broadcasting games on the radio. I actually was fortunate enough to call some games with uh, Kevin Frazier, who some may know from Entertainment Tonight. He was in college. And then I started doing television there, and writing for the newspaper, and I was known as the sports guy. I was always <laughs> involved with sports on campus. And I did an internship. I did several internships. But one I did in Washington, D.C., and I got a chance to meet somebody who was just a weekend sportscaster there at the time. And many of you know him now on CBS Sports as James Brown, the sportscaster. And he took wow. me under his wing. Yeah, he took me under his wing. Actually, when I got out of college, he put in a word for me. I got a job at that same station, which is like at the time, the number one news station in D.C., which rarely happens to people getting out of college in media. And then he, one day after some time there, he said, hey, you're interested in coming up to the network? I'm like, are you serious? CBS Sports? He said, yeah. And keep in mind, I had told people I was going to do this when I was in college. Never thought it would happen two years out of school. So I got to work for the network. I worked in production. I'm up, I'm, I'm working side by side with people like Brent Musburger, some of my NFL heroes, Terry Bradshaw back in the day. And it was real cool. And at the same time, I was still learning the craft of, keep in mind, I'm two years out of college. But <laughs> You know, as time went on, I got out of media, but things just kept pulling me back in, in one way, shape, or form. I needed to write something. Someone needed me to interview someone or something that was related to media. And next thing you know, I'm being called in to host online radio shows. And this is right before podcasting got popular. So I'm doing these online radio shows. I'm doing more and more and more of it. And I said, you know what? I need to start doing things to help other people because from the time I started in media, till now media had evolved a great deal and that's how i got into where now i help other people to embrace media and learn how they can actually take advantage of it now oh actually i'd like to step back because Mm -hmm. this 70s 80s were incredible times for sports in washington dc and although we didn't have the nationals (laughs) then we had pro football we had pro basketball we had college basketball we yeah. had a high school basketball, literally, that was on a national stage. What was it like going from the Bullets to the Skins to Georgetown to Maryland, <laughs> even like the Mata High? It was just an incredible sports scene. It was. And, and even in the 70s, like there's a high school here in Maryland, Prince George's County, Maryland, at Parkdale High School. And my uncle was like starting point guard for the championship team, and he got to play against the likes of back then. Someone like Lou Alcindor, and he, he got to play against James Brown. James Brown knew him 
it was things like that. When I was in high school, my team, we played against the great Lynn Bias. He was in our conference, so we played him twice a year. And, and you know, great basketball. Even when I was working at the TV station here, one day we were working on a set, and James Brown hosted a show called Fast Break, where he brought in Morgan Wooten, the DeMatha High School coach, and he brought in two high school players. And one of them was George Lynch, who went on to fame at North Carolina. And the other one was a guy named Grant Hill. And these were just two high schoolers at the time. It was just so much fun just being around. And keep in mind, I got, I grew up the next neighborhood from me. Sugar Ray Leonard grew up. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, if you're a fan of uh, basketball with college basketball, Derek Wittenberg with NC State, he grew up in my neighborhood. I went to school with his sister and, and his brother and so forth. So it was just, a lot of fun, a lot of great sports in the area. Another guy that played for Georgetown years later, some may not know, Don Turner. He played with Alonzo Mourning and those guys, and he grew up in my neighborhood. It's funny, when we were younger, I used to be able to take his money on the court, but he got coordinated, and there was no way I was coming close to him. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun growing up in this era with sports. A lot of fun. I got to go Washington, the football team, the time they were just getting, I go watch them train with James Brown. He took me there. We rode to the camp and watched them train. I got to meet, take pictures with a lot of those guys, Doug Williams, a lot of those guys. It was just a lot of fun. So I was really interested, we had the chance to visit a little bit, about your current role, how you work, as you said, help others in a wide variety of media. But what really struck me, Barrett, was the skills that you have and the talent you bring are what I see is needed in the corporate world. Now, in the B2B or corporate world, typically what I see are, are typically your customers or your employees. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, corporations don't focus on communications with their employees. They focus on communications mm -hmm. with their customers. So I was wondering if you could just tell us how you help an entrepreneur, for instance, develop a media presence. And maybe we can explore from that how a corporation could use those same strategies, tactics, and skills that you put into the marketplace to help. They're executives internally. Oh, most definitely, Bob. So what I do is I show people that, first of all, media has changed. When I started in media, like you mentioned, the 70s and the 80s, in order for us to get any type of media exposure, we had to know somebody who worked at a newspaper, a radio station, a TV station. Now, with the technological age we're in, media is literally at your fingertips. You can actually get on your computer, your phone, whatever, embrace media. And what we have to understand is that People consume their information through one form of media or another. There's no question. We get our information through one form of media. Now, what I teach people is that if you think that you have clients all over the place, you need to meet them where they are. Meaning that if they have, they listen to podcasts, you better have one. If they read books, you better have one and so forth and so on. So what I do is I put together a package to show people how they can do these things. And we also have a program where we'll actually do it for them. We set up a podcast, a Roku TV channel of their own. We do a documentary film. We'll write books for them. We will actually manage their social media, all of these things to make sure that they can reach those paying clients all over the place that want to pay them. And that we usually focus on those people who are in business, who want to actually reach a wider audience. So I was on a Facebook live show this morning and the subject was podcasting. And I was talking about one of the powers of podcasting is the engagement you have with your audience and the give and take you can have, not simply in a dialogue like you and I are having, but your audience may comment. 
if you put out a call to action and provide something, your audience can respond and that you can actually test things or develop an engagement that you could not in other forms of media. But one of the other panelists said that brought up for her authenticity. So how does the types of service you bring really help an entrepreneur or a person or even a corporate officer with that authenticity? When I'm talking to people about podcasting, is now you may run into this too with people, that they want to be so perfect. They want to be so buttoned up. When they do it, they get so nervous about even starting a podcast because they're afraid they'll mess up. And I tell everyone, mess up. People want to see that. Here's the thing. People don't necessarily buy your content as much as they buy you when it comes to the media you put out. So if you're going to put out media, let them see you. Let them find out who you are. It's okay. I never edit out words when I'm doing a podcast. If I flub over a word, I flub over a word because you know what? I'm talking to human beings. And I want them to see me as someone that they can relate to because guess what? They're flawed too. So I want them to see that I'm a human being. Now, one of the things we also do is we shoot a documentary film. We shoot a document for our top end clients. We do a documentary film. We send the film crew to wherever they are and they will shoot a documentary to show the people, not just what you do, but show the human side and why you do it. And by doing that, people can see, okay, you know what? I may want to do business with this person because I can relate to this aspect about their life, or I can see why they do this and it resonates with me. So things like that. And that shows the authenticity of the person because it really can delve into more than just dollars and cents and services and products. So one of the other issues that came up that we discussed this morning was owner of a Napa auto parts store had okay. come on the show. And I said, when they did that, they did two things. One, they know their parts in and out. So they demonstrated thought leadership, what you and I would call thought leadership. Mm -hmm. But they also demonstrate a passion for auto parts. And when I, as a consumer, want to go buy something, whether it's a television, whether it's auto parts, whether it's a new brace for my knee, I want someone who's passionate about what they do. And I find the podcast format completely lends itself to passion about what you do. I agree with you. And it's funny because... When I talk to people and they want to know which area of media they should start in, I usually always start them with podcasts because I tell people, if it's something that you love, alluding to what you were just talking about, if there's something you love, you're passionate about, you can talk about it all day. If we just hit record, we got a podcast. So bottom line is, if I told you to write a book about something you're passionate about, it may take you years to do it. But if I sit down and start asking you about it and it's in your heart and it's something you love, you can talk about it until the cows come home. And that's something that I always start people with podcasting because it's easy for you to do that. And it's funny you ask that, Tom, because I get people sometimes asking about, well, where does my content come from? I said, your content's already in you. If it's something you love, the content is already in you. And when people ask, what should I do a podcast on? I usually ask them, what is it that you love? What is it that you can talk about forever? Because if you can talk about it forever, that's probably where you should start with your podcast. You also mentioned two things, creating trust and creating brand. And my favorite definition of a brand is a promise delivered. So my brand for me, for my compliance community, is I'm going to deliver X podcast for you on every Monday, weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it is. And it come hell or high water, I'm going to have a podcast for you. Even if it means up till midnight or up at five in the morning. That's my promise. So why is that promise so important 
for the business person, for the entrepreneur, or someone who's using your services or a podcast to try to get their message out? See, I look at it like this, and I'm not disagreeing with what you say. It's just a little bit added to it. I always say marketing is what you say about yourself to people. Your brand is what people say about you. And if people are saying that Tom delivered, and if people are saying that Tom made a promise and he did what he said he was going to do, your brand grows. Your brand increases. Understand, though, people, that your brand can go the opposite direction, too, if you don't do that. So you want to make sure that you are delivering on your promises. You know, they always say under-promise and over-deliver. And it's one of those things that it may seem like it's something challenging to do, but it's not. If you know what you can do, under-promise that and just deliver it anyway. And it'll build your brand because you over-exceeded what they thought that you were going to do. It is but it will build your brand and it will make people really recognize you as someone that follows through because I'm telling you, if you follow through, they will refer you to more people. They will share your message with more people. They will speak highly of you. But we all know it only takes one person to say you didn't deliver and then things can go the opposite direction. So we want to make sure you do deliver on that promise. One of the themes I've heard you talk about consistently is what you started out this podcast with, meet your customers where they are. Mm -hmm. Meet your listeners where they are. Meet your viewers where they are. So I was wondering if you could talk about the different types of social media content you help create and the different platforms, whether it be a podcast, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Twitter, whether it be LinkedIn, whether Instagram, TikTok, any of those. How do you help someone really meet their audience where their audience is, not where they might be? In most cases, a lot of people, we do what I call ego-based marketing, meaning we put our business out there and what makes us comfortable. <laughs> you know, some people are made, you know what? I like to write books and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep writing books. And that's great. You may be a great salesperson. You write a book on sale and that's great. You may get a lot of people that like to read that book, but that doesn't mean that everybody that likes sales wants to read. Some of them may want to listen to a podcast. Some of them may want to watch a Roku TV channel to learn about sales. Some of them may want to go on social media to learn about sales. You need to have a presence on each of these platforms to meet them because that's where they are. They may not be picking up your book, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there. You just have to find out where they are and have a presence there. It doesn't mean you have to be an expert in podcasting. It doesn't mean you have to be an expert in Roku TV. You have to have a presence there and put your content there. And if they're, and that's what those people are, they'll find you. I always like to say that McDonald's doesn't come knocking on your door saying, go down the street and buy one of the Big Mac we have for sale. McDonald's makes it so that you can find them when you want a Big Mac. And I tell you people to put yourself where your customers are and they can find you when they want you. We change the focus just a little bit because okay. in looking at your LinkedIn profile, you have a doctor's in humanities and a seminary and seminary international. And that's led to you doing some interesting work in other countries and in other areas. And you have two initiatives, I Change Nations and Civility and Media. Could you tell us a little bit about those, how you became interested in those arenas and where you're taking those initiatives? I have to say the good Lord has blessed me. I prayed years ago that God would put me in a position to make impact in the world. And back in 2019, I was at a conference in Detroit and I met this gentleman by the name of a Dr. Clyde River, and he started an organization called I Change Nations, where they promote civility around the world, different countries all over the world. And he was also, at that time, a U.S. ambassador to the Republic of Burundi. And 
he asked me one day, he said, hey, can you write a book for me? Okay, I've written books before. He said, I want you to write a book on business execution. I said, okay. He said, but I want you to tie it more of an international flavor because I'd like to give it to some dignitaries and some royalty in different countries. Okay, cool. Uh, this is really my mindset at the time. And he says, and I think there may even be an honorary doctorate in for you. And I'm like, what? He goes, you don't know who you're talking to, do you? And I said, I guess not. And, I, and I'll, I'll be honest, Tom, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. So I wrote the book. I got him some copies. And the next thing I know, when COVID was in full swing in 2020, back in April 2020, I'm walking around the block getting some air. My phone dings. And it's a picture of a diploma, honorary doctorate with my name on it. 30 seconds later, it dings again. It's a picture of a certificate. I was in the World Civility Ambassador with I Changed Nation. And I'm blown away by this. And then I found out a little bit more about this guy that he really does a lot of work all over the place. Then about a year and a half ago, I'm talking to him because he wanted me to do a podcast on civility. And he says, I have some good news for you. And I said, okay. And he goes, well, hold on one second. He put me on hold, comes back. So I got some great news. I said, okay, you have some good to great. I'm really curious now. And he says, I was just told I'm going to be named a king in Ghana. And I said, I'm going to know a king? Cool. He said, well, hold on. I got some news for you, Dr. Matthews. I want you to be one of our royal advisors. What? <laughs> a royal advisor to a king. And so then he's a development king. And right now he's actually in London, speaking in London at, with some of the royalty there. But the thing is, he actually wants me to put together a program called Media Monarch, where we go to different countries and teach them media from a grassroots perspective, showing them how they can control their media and also taking out a lot of the propaganda that we're taught all over the world so that they can actually learn journalism from its base like it should be done. And then teaching people just how to work equipment, how to shoot their own things, how to write their own things, and just to be their own media. And we're putting that in place. And it's just, I'm excited about it. I'm honored because this is what I prayed for. Someone asked me, are you going to accept this responsibility? I said, I have to. I prayed for it. <laughs> God is answering my prayer. I can't just walk away from it now. So it's one of those things that I'm very honored and humbled by. And I'm so glad that you asked me that. I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you. Unfortunately, Barrett, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, information on Media Boss, or really any of the topics we touched on today, what would be the best places for them to go? Well, they can catch me on LinkedIn, Barrett Matthews on LinkedIn. I have a complimentary gift for them. They can just go, just a complimentary training, a video training I have for them. All they have to do is go to www.5waystopayingclients.com. Five ways to payingclients.com. You can see a video training I do just on how you can get more clients and use media to do. So we're going to link to all of those in the show notes. This has been a ton of fun and I hope we can continue this conversation. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.